0: Today's scripture comes from Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. You can find this on page 836 of your Pew Bible. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. This is the word of God.
1: We are in part three of a new series as we go through selections out of the gospel of Mark and looking at this person of Jesus as Lord and King. In part one, if you, if you missed it, I gave a really big, but tremendously important message uh, um, teaching you about the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. That it says right here at the very beginning that He is the Son of God, and that the Son of God is the eternal God who does this thing that, you know, Pastor Tim Carroll likes to call the dance of reality, where each person gives themselves to the other and into this movement, because it's the overture of giving and then receiving. And um, and we have a different word for that. That is love. That is what um, the Holy Trinity is. And last week um, we looked at this odd passage where Jesus, before he comes out to proclaim the kingdom of God, he went into the wilderness, and it's it's a little bit different. I mean, it's the same thing the 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 temptation of Christ, but um, the focus is that he's in the wilderness. And that the world is like the wilderness and the world is like, as this passage says, filled with wild animals and the lies of the devil. That's what the world is like. And we're not, and you know, the human beings, we tend to be not, we're supposed to be made in the image of God into this overture of giving of ourselves and receiving this movement of love like, like the very true and living God. But instead, we tend to be more like wild animals, um, enveloped by the lies of the devil living in a wilderness, and we long for something greater, better, a kingdom. And this passage, as we move to this passage, Jesus comes out and he says, I proclaim the gospel of God. I mean, that sounds like really religious language. Gospel just means good news. Um, I taught you that good news is like, it's one who heralds and announces um, a great event, and it's typically in, in, in the past, it was the event of a, of a leader, a great king, of a great victory, and it's changed everything. It's a, a great news. I announce you the great news from God. <laughs> and what is this great news? That this time of the kingdom of God is near. That's what he's talking. That's what we're talking about. Now, um, before we even just get into this, I I want to emphasize something that if you grew up inside the church and you consider yourself a Christian, Jesus the King, that we we're part of the kingdom of God blah, blah, I get it, okay, so, you know, that's just, that is such a commonplace idea and it's, it's such an obvious point that sometimes the most common and obvious point um, just starts to recede into the background of like kind of blah, blah, forgottenness. Um, I, I want to uh, point out a few things. A king, <laughs> uh, if there's a kingdom, there has to be a king. Jesus proclaiming this good news from God. That's a kingdom. It's his kingdom. It's God's kingdom. If there's a kingdom, there has to be a king. Do you understand? If there's a king, that means we are subjects to obedience. You get get what I'm saying here? Um, When I look at this passage, I often try to think about this passage from the perspective of someone who has no background in Christianity. Um, Many of the people in our city, you know, they're agnostics. Maybe you are here saying today, you're like, I'm an agnostic. Uh, You're an agnostic, or um, you're, or they're Hindu, or they're Buddhist, and if they would read or hear this thing from the Bible the first time, they were like, "What is the gospel of God? And what in the world are you talking about a kingdom? Hmm. If there is a, if you're in the kingdom of God, there must be a king. And if there's a king, you have to obey him. There's no option to that. He's not a boss." He's not, he's not a president. He's not even your dad. <laughs> um, a king can say this. You, go over there, do this thing. And you're like, um, your, your majesty. Because that's kind of, you know, there are people around the world, they actually still have kings, and they don't go, yo, yo, Joe. That's, that's not what they say. <laughs> they say, your majesty, but then if I go do this, I will die. <laughs> and the king could say, yes, I know. Now go. (laughs) If it's your boss, you can say, I I don't want this job (laughs) anymore. I quit. (laughs) Um, If if, if it's your dad, you can say, if it's your dad, you're saying, no, (laughs) I'm out of here. I'm not part of this family. If it's a king, do you have that choice? If he's really your king, he reigns, he rules, That means we obey even if it's hard, inconvenient, or even costly, even your life. That's what the passage is talking about. And so I want to put that out there as we begin. You understand this is what we're wrestling with. Jesus is Lord and King. You understand if you call him King, this is what you're asking for. This is what you're involved in. He calls the shots. Even if you die. And you not like you can bail out of this. So let's get into this message. If that's what we're talking about, it leads us into a very serious issue that the whole world has a problem with, that we all have problems with, and that is a problem of leadership. That's like it's a king, it's like a leader with a big capital L. He gets a lead, and like that's like a leadership that. That we 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 really don't know how to deal with. So in three parts. Part one: kingdoms and the problem of leadership. Kingdoms and the problem of leadership. Part two: this this portion here we're talking about the, um, discipleship. You know what we're talking? About? We're just talking about following. And we don't really know how to do that. I'm calling it part two is the lack of discipleship. Let's put this with the lack of following. The lack of discipleship and the problem of trust and obedience. You know, this Jesus, he says, There's a kingdom. I'm giving you a good news from God, and there's a kingdom, (laughs) and I'm the king. You can't have a kingdom and a king without followers. That's what he's doing. He's breaking in a kingdom. Calls people to follow, they follow. (laughs) A kingdom is starting. That's what's happening in the passage. But there's a problem in our society, the lack of discipleship and the problem of trust and obedience. And part three, I want to close this message by talking about a kingdom worthy of your life. Isn't that what you're looking for? We all need leaders. We want a leadership that's worthy of our life, of your whole life. That's what I want to talk about, a kingdom worthy of your life. Part um, Part one kingdoms and the problem of leadership i want to just um let's start by this discussion uh you know we we even even the christian (laughs) the the, the christian goes okay jesus is my king i'm part of his kingdom and um and we call him king you know if you you know you could you call yourself a follower of jesus you're a christian and you call him king you go to church every week um, but do you, do you notice that the, mo- the vast majority? the vast a, a lot, many, most people who are supposedly followers of Jesus in America, they they don't follow. <laughs> they don't obey. <laughs> it's like he's a king, but he's like um, those A B C things he say. That that's good. I, I like. It. Oh, this. Sorry, not gonna do that. Um, it's very optional. That's what we do. You know, we're really serious. It's like, we call him king, but it's like, t- seriously, no conception of a king. Huh. And it's kind of like this touchy feely, religion y kind of like, it's a king that's like very, very irrelevant. A king that you could just like take and leave out whenever you want. That's not a king. <laughs> um, you know, we live in, in uh, one of the things I want, I'll just, just, just uh, offer the Bible is a strange book. Huh. And we're moderns, and um, modern just doesn't mean we, we live today. Okay, um, I've actually studied what, what, is, what is the difference between modern versus ancient. Modern versus ancient doesn't just mean long time ago. versus, That's not what it means. There's very scholars have actually studied. There's a very there's very profound, distinct difference between the modern and the way it used to be done. And um, it wasn't a long time ago. So many people think ancient is like a thousand years ago. It's, it's roughly. Modernity started about maybe 300 years ago. And that's, you're like, oh, well, that's a long time. I, I, some of you millennials are like, you know, you watched Three's Company when you were young. Do, do anybody know that TV show, Three's Company? You know, RR, you know, so that, that's, that means you are ancient. <laughs> I watched every single episode of that show. It was a really popular show in the 1970s. I've watched every single episode. Many of you watched none of those episodes. You're like, you're old, Pastor. No, I'm not. Okay, That's not a long time ago. Um, 300 years ago in the course of history is, is really nothing. And I want to just start by just what are the, why is the Bible, it's one of the reasons why we have difficulty with the Bible. Even this really profound and very, very central core view that. The good news of God is that there's a king with a kingdom, and it's his kingdom. It's God's kingdom. Even that, we're tripping over because, like, we're moderns, and we have problems because we can't grasp the king thing. So, so I, I know this might sound a little nerdy. It's something that took me many years in my Ph.D. level work to understand modernity versus ancient, but I'm going to try to give it to you just really briefly, okay? Uh, modernity, if modernity is a stool, there are three legs. Okay, and each of these three legs are, we all sit on these three three, three legs, and each of those things makes it difficult for us to grasp the Bible, right? Um, First, in modernity, we tend to think that the truth does not come from religion. How do we really know the way the world really, really works? Does not come from religion, it comes from science. That's the first one, It's it's a question of knowledge. Now, I am really big on science. I love, love, love science. But um, there are people who think that you can get everything from science. You know, like, it it can tell you the truth about everything. Um, That means you have, that's very, very unscientific. (laughs) It's really weird. The people who think that, and you know, this is a very science-loving city, right? Um, The people who think that have now made science into religion. Isn't that really weird? (laughs) That's what's going on. Science is really, really great, and we're moderns, and we've embraced science. But then there are some people who've, who've made science and then become really unscientific about science and then turn science into their religion. That's one of the things that's going on. But science is one of the legs of modernity. Um, the second one is how do we um, like make money and then advance and then like, support ourselves and do well in this world. That is through capitalism. That's the second one. Capitalism is the second leg of modernity. Um, in the ancient world, they have like uh, agriculture, <laughs> or like as, as societies advance. And when we get to the modern world, there was a battle between two very powerful systems. One was capitalism, and the other one was communism. Capitalism won. And so some societies try to have a mixture; they call it socialism, right? But it's still mostly capitalism, and. And and sort of like very 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 light communism, okay. So, so you know, like in our society, there's more increasing socialistic kind of influence, but largely capitalism one. That's the second one, right? So so then we do that too. We we, we worship money. Money is the one that, that's another reason why we're fixated on money. The third one is is democracy. How do we have leadership? Who? Calls the shots. How do we run things in our society? Because every society must solve the problem of leading. Because guess what? Every, you always have to Because if nobody leads, what are we going to do? Just fight? Are we animals, wild animals, that bite each other in the wilderness? It feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? And so in modernity, we have solved. The king thing didn't work. There was a king. He tells you, you're going to do this. Everybody's like, yes. But every society isn't just like, that guy's power because we just have to have somebody call the shepherd. No, who thinks that? Okay, Someone who's a the king, they, this is how they usually, how it worked. He's a special person chosen by the gods. And he is supposed to lead, and then after he dies, his son gets to lead. And how is he supposed to lead? According to wisdom and righteousness. According to the ways of heaven. And then we will all flourish together. And we, what is our role? We must follow. We must obey. <laughs> and if we do, and if the king is good and just, then we will flourish. <laughs> Every society believes this. Or you know, it's very interesting. If you look through our history, they all have some variation of this. Some societies are a little more interesting. They have a matriarch. <laughs> you know, it's like whether they're small, and we call them like tribes, they have a chief. King, chief, same difference. Sometimes they're matriarchal. Sometimes they're big and we call them kings and we call them empires. Same difference. But what are we talking about here? We're talking about leadership. Leadership is profoundly important in life. Um, if you're, uh, what if you found out that um, your CEO was robbing from the company and lying to everybody? You wanna stay in that company? What if you found out that your coach was molesting some of your teammates? That happened a certain number of years ago. A coach from one of the most famous, famous, successful football programs in the country. He wasn't the head coach, but he was one of the most important. He's molesting people. Hmm. Leadership. And by the way, um, leadership matters even in, in things like family. <laughs> If the leadership isn't good inside the family, that family's going to break apart. You know that you can't even do marriage without leadership. No, no, we don't need a leader inside the marriage. We're equal. (laughs) We're just equal, equal. We're just totally equal, right? And it's that there's people who say that in their marriage. Sometimes it's the man, sometimes it's the woman. And and, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody, or so like if I'm I'm not talking about you, okay, (laughs) right? But like you're, and you guys all, you guys all seen it. You've seen the the you know like okay, the hus- The Bible says the husband's supposed to be the leader. But then you know like we're not going to do that plan. And so then they're like we're going to be equal, equal. But what you regularly see is the the yes, honey, yes, dear, yes, honey, yes, dear, and you know, the man who basically chases after his wife and does whatever the heck she wants. And you realize, oh, she's the king. <laughs> she's the leader. And sometimes you see the man, he's basically scared of his wife. Are those good marriages? Just, just asking you. Whether you believe in equality and all that, just asking you that question. The Bible talks a lot about leadership. Um, there's 39 books in the Old Testament. I, I, almost every single one of them talk about leadership. In fact, it's like a big, big, big issue. You could say, you, I could summarize Genesis this way. Um, people cast off God as the king. <laughs> it turned out really, really bad. So then God started a new plan. Started to one man, one family, started to take his descendants, his people, and say, oh, we'll start a kingship with them. That's, kind of, that's Genesis in a nutshell. Then you get to Exodus. Exodus, God says, okay, my people are slaves of the wilderness, <laughs> the world, that's the way I like to put it, of Egypt. So then, what did he do? He sent them a leader. We didn't call him a king. You know what? He wasn't a king, but he's better than a king. He was a king, better than a king. His name was Moses. And if you look in the whole, in, throughout the Bible, I would say next to Jesus, he's the greatest king. I'm not, I'm, you know, it's my opinion. It doesn't actually say that in the Bible, but most people have studied the Bible. That's what they think. That's what I think. I don't think it's hard to see it. And you know why he's a leader? What, what makes him such a great leader HE NOT ONLY TELLS PEOPLE WHERE TO GO AND WHAT TO DO, BUT, AND THEN HE CAN GET THEM TO FOLLOW, BUT HE ALSO, LIKE, KNOWS THE MIND OF GOD. HE'S LIKE A PROPHET. AND SO HE SPEAKS THE WORDS OF GOD, AND THEN HE ALSO HAS A DEEP LOVE FOR GOD. HE'S LIKE A PRIEST. HE COMES ALONGSIDE OF PEOPLE, AND HE INTERCEDES FOR GOD, FOR THE PEOPLE, AND HURTS FOR THE PEOPLE. THAT'S A GREAT LEADER. WOULDN'T THAT BE GREAT IF YOUR CEO WAS LIKE THAT? Your CEO, whoever's the, whoever leads your company or, let, lead, you know, he comes out, he's a leader. <laughs> and people follow what he's do. So he, he has, there's a kingly aspect to him. But he knows the minds and the will of God. He's like the wisdom of God. He's prophetic. But then he also has deep hurt and longing for the people. And he comes alongside people and he intercedes for them. Don't you wish your leader was like that? <laughs> That's what Moses was like. And then... Then there was the guys who came along afterwards. There was Joshua, and then there were all the other guys trying to be like Moses and Joshua. They were called the judges. Each one was worse and worse and worse than the next. So then they finally got sick of it. And so then they called, they said, we got a king. You know what a king is? A guy we have to obey. <laughs> Otherwise he, gets, he can kill us. <laughs> right? So they had a king. You know, it actually says in the Bible, this is not a good plan. Oh, but God said, let him have it. So First and Second Samuel. 1 Samuel is about the first king. It's a really bad king. His name was Saul. God fired him. (laughs) And then he picked picked another king. It was very, very bloody. It caused a civil war, and he was David. According to the Bible, he's the greatest of all the kings. But then if you actually read the Bible, it's really weird. He's the greatest of all the kings. Why? Because he had a heart after God. That's what the Bible says. But then you actually read him as a king, he... he, um, he has adultery with a woman. <laughs> well, Because he was like a peeping tom, staring at her while she taking a bath. And then, took her husband and murdered him by sending him off to war, and then deliberately got him killed, and then stole his wife. And he had multiple, even though he had multiple wives. And then, one of his sons, one of his sons fell in love with his half-sister and raped her. So you can see, he was a really great father. And then, the older brother of the half-sister that was raped decides to murder the other brother, and then he, he obviously didn't like his father because he decided, I'll be a better king than him, and he starts a civil war, and King David has to run for his life. He's almost like, that's that happens, civil, bloody civil war. His name is Absalom. That that's all happens in 2 Samuel. 1 Samuel is about the bad king, then it's the rise of David. 2 is about the kingship of David, He's the best guy. He's the best guy. (laughs) This is the best guy. (laughs) Then you get the first kings and second kings. You know what else? It's king after king after king. Let me just just summarize. Bad idolater, bad king. Idolater, bad king. Oh, horrible, evil, wicked idolater. (laughs) Does horrible, wicked things. Horrible king. Oh, this guy was kind of okay. Bad, bad, bad. Then God said, OK, that's enough of this. You clearly do not want me to reign over you. So then in the middle, the, the, the nation split apart. There was a, the, the tribes called Israel, and then there was a tribe called Judah. Each one of them had a king, bad, mostly. Bad, 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 sort of OK. Bad, bad, bad. That's what it was like. And then horrible, violent, oppressive empire called the Assyrians destroys and says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to destroy you, kill your men, Rape your women, take off your children, make them our slaves. That's what what happened. And then, a couple hundred years later, (laughs) Babylonians came along. They weren't quite as violent, but just as horrible, and did the same thing. And then, later on, but prophets. God kept sending prophets and saying, but there'll be a new king, better than Moses, even better than David. (laughs) And so then, when Jesus says this word, let me tell you the good news of God. The good news of God. The kingdom has come. The new king has actually come. You think they're interested in that word? I think they'd be very, very interested in that word. That's what's going on inside the passage. Well, that's interesting. Thanks, thanks for that like, quick you know, like stroll through the Old Testament, Pastor. So, you know, that's not relevant to us, right? Of course it's relevant to us. Because... We don't understand the king thing because we're 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 free. I'm free. <laughs> we live in democracy. Like no, we don't have kings, pastor anymore. Like we're free. Like we just get to rule ourselves. You know, we have like governors, and then we can fire them after four years. We have presidents; we can fire them after four years. So like you know, I just run my own life, right? But we still need leaders, <laughs> and we're fixated on them. In this time and day, um, you don't think we're fixated on leaders now? <laughs> Um, you know, this weekend is literally the president's weekend. I'm, I'm surprised many of you are here at church. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're here. It's like, okay, all right. Thanks for coming, all right? And, um, but, you, you you guys pay attention to the news. I, I can I can hardly I just can't pay attention to the news anymore. Why? Because it's always about the president. It's always, always, always about the president, and mostly it's we hate him. He's bad, bad, bad. We hate him. He's so bad, 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 bad. And then there's a, there's a few who defend him. No, he's good. No, he's good. But then you listen to him, and it's just like, just like, just like it's so like even the way they think he's good is weird. It's like it's like it's hard. It's hard to take. And then even before he became the president, what was all the fixation about? Is she going to be the president? Is he going to be the president? But she lies, 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 lies. Well, wait a second. But he lies, 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 lies. <laughs> the problem of leadership,
0: huh?
1: OK, oh, OK, you know, look at, that's politics. Okay, in this city, we don't talk about leaders all the time. Well, I remember um, there's, a, there's a very famous company inside this city. Um, the, the, the symbol of their company is, is, a, is a piece of fruit. With, with, an, with a bite out of it? Okay. Does that remind you of anything, by the way? Hmm. It's like a company whose symbol is sin. It's very interesting. <laughs> That's really what it is. It's a symbol. The company whose symbol is the very first sin. It's very interesting. Right? One of the most famous, richest, most powerful companies in the world. And they had a leader. We called him CEO, but he was really their king. You have... There are people literally inside this church who tell stories like they would say, I was working here, and then they said, but Steve wants this. And then you know what happened? People were like, and then what Steve wanted happened. (laughs) Like, it happened. (laughs) It happened. That's not a CEO. That's a king. And they believed in him like a messiah, except he died, and he did not come back. He's still dead. (laughs) And the kingdom of the fruit, that is a symbol of the apple. There are many people today, the commentators who observe this come like, that kingdom is going downhill. (laughs) It's not that great anymore. I am a subscriber to the kingdom of the fruit of the symbol of sin. That's kind of weird, I know. I'm a pastor, but I I, I like that. I that I like that product, right? And I'm starting to hate that product. Lately, we found out they're, they're like lying to us about, like, oh, I don't know, whatever. There's a big lawsuit. It's really bad, OK? <laughs> big, horrible thing. All right. come on, Pastor, aren't you laying it on kind of thick? Oh, there, there's a team. OK, well, you know, I don't think about those things. I don't think about politics. I don't, okay, oh, but OK, some of you guys out there. But there's a team out there. They, they play literally, like, you could walk right there. I think it's called the 49ers. I and mean, what do we talk about when we talk about the 49ers? We talk about. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Ah, that was a leader. And you know what we call Bill Walsh? The genius. The genius. (laughs) And you know what? It's true. (laughs) He was so smart, he literally changed football. And then, who was the guy who was his, like, field general out there? It's Joe Montana. Do you guys know? There were songs about Joe Montana. I remember turning on the radio, and there was a song, Go Jomo! Go Jomo! Go Jomo! Was, I was like, dude, I was like this is weird. Do they play this song in New York? <laughs> they play it around here. It was a popular song, Go Jomo. And you know, if they, when there are stories about Joe Montana, they don't tell you just about how well he threw. They tell you about the man, how well he led, and how, people, how his teammates loved him and would go through a brick wall for him leadership. And now, but ever since Mo, and then there was another good guy. He was sort of like Moses to Joshua. There was Steve Young. He wasn't quite as good as Moses, but he was like almost as good. And then it was just like, it was like first and second Kings, just bad, 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 sort of okay. <laughs> bad, 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 sort of okay. <laughs> now we're in the wilderness. But, but wait, but wait, <laughs> there's a new guy in town and he's really good looking. You know, there's, I've, I can't believe, I cannot tell you how many articles I've told you, tell you about how good looking he is. I was like, who cares how good looking he is? I don't care if he has bad teeth and he's ugly. <laughs> but here's the important part. He won five games in a row. all, oh. And he, we're going to pay him $130 million. And it's a deal. <laughs> and he will take us back to, what did we say? The promised land. <laughs> That's It's leadership. Leadership from your dad. Leadership in your marriage. I'm going to ask you a question. Whom do you follow willingly? Not because you have to. I mean, we just kind of have to deal with this precedent right now, right? We have to. We all have to. Some of you like it. Some of you don't. I guess many of you don't like it, right? But, but whom do you follow willingly? Willingly go to part two. You know what this next portion of the Bible is? It's just the king starting a kingdom. Disciples are just followers. And in part two, I'm talking about what we have today is a lack of following. But it stems from something. We have a lack of trust. Inside the church, all these people say they're Christians. Theoretically, theoretically, there's a king. But, but um, you know, there's a lot of people today that call themselves Christian, I, And, okay, I'm not trying to be mean here and get on you, okay? They don't even know what the king wants. They don't even know what the king tells them to do. I mean, like, he told us what to do. It's in here. Do you, have you, do you know what the king wants? Do you know what the king's character is and the king's will is and what he wants? Do you even know? How, how can you follow the king if you don't even know what it wants. But that's common. That's common. Inside of the people who are supposedly part of the, the, the church are just kingdom stations. Huh. That's what the church is. You know, People inside the church say, I'm part of, he's my king, I'm part of his kingdom. The church is kingdom stations, but people inside the kingdom station don't even know what the king wants, even though he's said it very clearly right here. Huh? That's common. And um, But... So who do you? But we all need to follow somebody. You know, um, what we have is a problem of trust. I mean, um, uh, do you do you remember a day? um, I mean, I don't want to get overly um, autobiographical here. (laughs) There's a day, you know, a lot of Asians. I mean, I, I was of that generation where like mom and dad wanted you to be a doctor, right? Like all my friends, I don't know why. It's like how many doctors? How many Korean doctors can there be? I mean, like, <laughs> it was weird. There was like ten doctors. Oh, you get to be an engineer and you get to be a lawyer, and then, and then I guess what's what's after that? But you know, and my dad would talk about how it's such a great plan for my life, and as it, and then like, you know, when you're a kid, and then your your dad like you know, you know, like swats you, you always think he's right, and I did something bad. Then you get into those teenage years and you start to question, oh, I want you to be a doctor. It's a great plan for your life. It's because I love you. You're thinking, maybe it's for you. (laughs) Maybe it's not really for me. Really, it's for you. That was a really hard day. And then he goes, no, 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 it's really for you. And you're like, no, I've looked at you, I've been staring at you and examining and listening to you all my life. I'm pretty sure it's for you. But we all need leaders. Who do you trust? And he so says, we don't trust anybody. You know, like, this is what it is, is that like you meet somebody, they're your leader, and you go layer, under layer, under, under layer, and you get, like, first, you know, maybe, like, if it's, like, a, you know, a particularly bad person, you go one layer down. Boom! Oh, the ugly part. Some of them, it takes several. You go one, two, three, four layers down, and then, ugh. You know what that, uh, that gross part is? That's sin. And there's a lot of people in our society, they don't like that word, S-I-N, sin. This religion-y word is supposed to make me feel bad. It's like, come on. You can you get off that stuff? You know what? You don't have to like the word, and you don't have to. But guess what? It's real. It's very, very real. And you hate it just as much as me. Christians, you just hate sin. You do too. You're not a Christian. You hate sin too. You just, as soon as you go find it in the person, it's like, Argh. there you go. Run away. Trust. You know, there's a word, another word for trust in the Bible. It's called faith. Actually, it's a little bigger than that. For a lot of us, we think faith is, I believe you cognitively. In my brain, I believe what you said. But actually, there's this thing called trust. In the Bible, you believe what God said, and then you trust him. That's faith. Even if he says, do this, I trust you. We don't know how to do that. And so, back to the question, who do you trust willingly? Willingly? And I have a pretty good guess. The answer is you. (laughs) You trust you. Everybody got to have a king. I don't need a king. Yes, you do. Because you got to have a leader. Whoever you trust willingly, that's the king. You don't call him king. That's who. But it is. We all got to have. So I know this sounds really, really strange. But you all have a leader. And for many of you, oftentimes for me too, the, the king is, is, is you. <laughs> so there's you, because I have a plan for my life, or our life. It sounds like our life, my life. You, so you are the king and you are the disciple. The, the, the leader goes, The plan is this. We're going to go to this college, or we're going to marry this, blah, blah, all this kind. Of, that's the plan. Okay? So do it now. <laughs> go do it. So you as a disciple follow, okay, go do it, do it, do it, do it, go go do it. (laughs) And then what happens when you don't make it? What happens? What happens? The king just starts going, you know, it's because you're just not smart enough. (laughs) It's because why didn't you land that man that that you always longed for? Because you're not pretty enough, (laughs) Oh, why, why, why is that guy not promoting you? Because we're supposed to have, like, all the success by this point in, my, in our life. Oh, it, it's, it's, because, it's because, you know, you're, you're just not good enough. It's like when you're your own king, it's a lot of abuse, isn't it? It's a very abusive king. Sometimes the king is really, really nice, but it's, it's sort of like this. We're going to go make it because we're awesome. We, I know it sounds weird. We awesome. You're awesome. You go do it. Then you go do it. And then the king gets super prideful. (laughs) We're so great. (laughs) They're, you know, it's like that's why they stink. Because like, see, they're they're bad. Great kings, huh? Now here's the question I want to ask you. Have you ever graded your king? You probably graded your boss. You graded your husband graded your wife, <laughs> your kids, I'm sure, have graded you.
0: Yeah.
1: No? It's like, you ever graded your own king, especially if it's you? How's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? Is there more joy in the kingdom? Is there greater Generosity and justice and righteousness and peace and love—you know—that that's what we're human beings made in the image of God to do the thing that the Holy Trinity does. You know, you give yourself to the person in overtures of and movement of acceptance. Is there is there that going on inside? You know, is that going on in the marriage? Or just in the marriage, it's like it's not happening with the kids. Kind of happens with the marriage. No, no, that's not really happening. <laughs> not really happening. I um. <laughs> I said, some, I closed the sermon last week, and I said that, um, you know, I, I, I got saved when I was in junior high. But then I wandered away from Jesus. But I came back to him in college. In college, the reason I came back to him is because I took a look at my life, and I, I realized I called Jesus Savior, and I called him my king, but he wasn't. Oh, you know why I came back to Jesus? Because, you know, I knew I was going to be a pastor and I'm a holy man. I'm such a good person. I just knew that was the right answer. I got to go to Jesus because, you know, I just know the right answer. So I just got, you know, that's, that's why, right? Of course not. <laughs> I came back to Jesus because I knew how the king was doing. The actual king of my life was me. He was really bad. <laughs> really Crappy king. And it was really a wrecking things. I was like, dude, seriously incompetent. Look at our kingdom. It sucks. <laughs> Who's running this place? Oh, it's me. Gosh, man, you really suck. <laughs> we need a better king. Oh, wait a second. Isn't Jesus a king? How come I never actually obeyed him? And so finally, like, all these passages in the Bible <laughs> that, like, ignored and it just became religion-y, blah, 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 throughout my life, I actually started going, like, huh, hmm, to <laughs> do that? Wow, I guess I should do that. <laughs> it's like, and, and then you know why I did it? There were many times I was like, oh, I don't, oh, I don't, don't want to do that. <laughs> I remember, like, in college, my, I can, it's like the king was just saying, my friend asked me to, like, borrow my car. I had a nice car. He's going to wreck it. I'll just say no. I'll come up with a lie and say no. The king saying, do it. I'm like, hmm. Does that be generosity? No, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, remembering the king. I'm like, ah. But you know why I did it? Not because I was generous. Not because I was a good king. Not because I was even a good, like, you know, obedient person. But because, you know why? I was scared to say to go back to me being the king. If I say no then that means I'm sticking myself back in the throne. And I already know what that's like. It's terrible. Let's go this way. Scary, but let's go this way. You there? Hmm. You honest with yourself enough to know how your king's doing? Let's close this message. Um... We all want a king who's worthy, you know. If you you guys just want a pastor who's worthy. <laughs> it's like go there, go see the pastor, go look under layer, under layer, under layer. You know, you guys like some of you don't go to too many layers, and you're like, okay, I'm good here. I don't, don't want to go any further. Then we'll find out how bad the guy is. Then I'll leave the church. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm waiting for. It's like. A layer, then a layer, and a layer, and then, oh, gross! Can't, can't stick around here. <laughs> right? I all mean, want someone worthy. I mean, we want someone worthy to be your husband or your boss. How about worthy to be your king? Tell your whole thing. He'll never abuse you. He came not to rule over you but to serve you. <laughs> but in order to really serve you, he must reign over you. And it's really interesting. This king is so oddly interesting. When he comes, he will say, you know, I, I know you're going to disobey and like, do everything wrong and be really rebellious and bite me and act like animals and not act like the image of God. But I'll take it. I'll do anything that it takes, including if you kill me. And When you're my subjects, I'm not even interested in making you a subject. Because as the king, my role is for you. To take you to my father. And he's not even interested in being a king over you. He would just love you. As a precious son and daughter. All my commands for you are just modes of that Love. From my father. I will pay any price. And he has. And then he washed us with his blood of all our like ways of trying to constantly kick him out and rebelling against him and biting him and wrecking our own lives and our own kingdom. This is our king. <laughs> it's a pretty good king. Is he worthy of your obedience? Are you, can you finally say, you my king, and take that seriously? You're my king. Whatever you say, I will do. Whatever you say. Because I am tired of being the king. Would you be a better king? A king is worthy. Worthy. He's worthy. And um, not that I've been doing it perfectly. i doing it very, very imperfectly. Since I had my college days, I'd never go back. So, brothers and sisters, bow down to your king. Let Jesus really be your king. And so you can really, through him, find out you're not even under a king. So it's, really weird. it's a really weird king takes you to a father. Let's
0: pray.
1: We're so confused. So prideful. We're modern, so we're so advanced. So we've we've gotten over this king thing. Oh Jesus. Please forgive us. Please forgive the shallow nonsense, unbiblical, disobedient way that we have no idea how to be a follower, how to be a disciple. In other words, let you be our king. We, we call you king, but we're such hypocrites because really we call you king and then immediately you go outside of the, the kingdom station And then we take control. And then we start wrecking marriages and wrecking our kids and messing up our careers and messing up our lives. Help us, O King. We thank you that you are King. That is our priest. You are a King that speaks the words of God on high. You are our prophet. You are not just King, You are Savior. Would you come in and help us so deeply and save us from ourselves? Would you save us from our blindness and all the ways that we go back to the wilderness, back to fear, back to ourselves? Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for pursuing us. Thank you for continuously loving, 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 forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. And now would you give us your spirit so maybe we can finally begin to submit to you, have you as truly our king, and know the good news of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name.